She lived with her mother, a short, gruff, angry woman whom Alice said had grown exponentially angrier after her father left them and moved to Puerto Rico with his young Puerto Rican girlfriend. After he left, they vacated their apartment in Queens and moved to Brooklyn, and her mother had not as much as spoken his name since the move. Alice, however, as she had told Carl several times, missed him terribly. She said he was a thin, soft-spoken man who tucked her into bed and put her to sleep with a kiss on the cheek every night, right up until the day he left. "'Do you still love me?' Alice asked. Carl nodded and pressed his face into her neck. She responded by hugging him ferociously, pulling him to her body as if she were trying to crush him into her. "'I love you,' he said. "'I was just, I don't know, surprised.' Why, she asked, pulling back to look at him. What did you expect? Carl shook his head as if to say he didn't know. He wasn't about to tell her that he expected a thin line of wispy hair around a mounded and pink opening. A lot of women he'd seen online also had tasteful earring-like jewelry there, near the top. He guessed he was kind of hoping for that. Alice pressed. Is it something about my jaw? She leaned back so she could look him in the eyes. Carl didn't know what to say. He thought she might have asked if it was something about her jar, but that made no sense, or perhaps her ja, which, if memory served him right, was to the Rastafarians either marijuana or God, or maybe both, according to how it was used. But that made no sense either. Finally, when the silence grew too awkward, he said, Your what? My jaw, she said. That's what we call it. She patted herself there. Is there something about my jaw that surprised you? It wasn't exactly surprised, Carl answered. He turned onto his back, unable to meet her gaze. The ceiling appeared to be ancient, made of thick plaster instead of modern plasterboards. How old is this house? Don't change the subject. I'm not. He looked away, out the bedroom window, where the lights were coming on in the surrounding houses. Beyond Alice's backyard, he could see Mrs. Rowe, Tommy's mother, standing over the stove in her kitchen. We should pull the shade, he said. He sat up on the opposite side of the bed from Alice, his back to her. No one can see in, she said, long as the lights are off. Still. He rose and pulled the shade down and then turned back to Alice. She was not by conventional standards a pretty girl. Where she looked at him from her bed, stretched out atop a white cotton bedsheet, she appeared gnomish in her baggy jeans and orange v-neck tee. She was short, a couple of inches shy of five feet, with a wild profusion of coarse black hair restrained here and there by turtle-shell barrettes and big black bobby pins with shiny plastic protective caps on their ends. Her face was pudgy, and she was a little on the heavy side, more thick, though, than fat. But she had gentle brown eyes and a really warm smile and absolutely incredible breasts that filled her whole tea and cleavage that seemed to chant Carl's name, calling him down into it. Carl, she said, and she reached behind her to a plastic end table and turned on a lamp with a ripped pink shade. Tell me, what was it about my jaw that surprised you? Not surprised so much, Carl said. He watched for a moment how her eyes were fastened attentively to his, as if she were waiting for him to reveal information of great importance. He said, wait, um, like, give me a second. When he turned his back to her, he found himself looking at his shadow cast on the pulled shade. 
He was short himself, just a touch over five-seven, and he was no teenage idol, though he didn't think he was ugly, not really. He had a kind of longish face and a bony, thin, angular body, but his mother always told him he looked like that old-time actor from the Christmas movie, Jimmy Stewart, and Stewart was good-looking enough, so, Carl, Alice said, answer me. What was it? Carl turned around. Okay, he said. I was surprised, but not like... Not like because it was ugly or anything like that. Okay, Alice said. She seemed relieved. She propped her head up on her elbow. So what then? Why were you surprised? Well, it's like... Other girls. What other girls? In pictures, he said. Other girls I've seen in pictures. You've seen other girls in pictures? You mean like magazines? Like Playboy, he said. And you look at those magazines? She sat up and crossed her arms in front of her. My father, he said... He keeps them by his bed. And you go looking at them? Really? Sometimes, he answered. I have. She shook her head as if dismayed. Carl, she said, you shouldn't do that. She paused a moment, watching him, and then added, that's lust. Carl looked away from her toward her closed bedroom door, where she had tacked up a near-life-size poster of a pair of ballet dancers, a man and a woman in a synchronized leap through surrounding darkness, their reaching arms and extended legs graceful as angels. Given the battered overall appearance of the bedroom, the dingy walls badly in need of paint, the yellowing linoleum on the floor and the thrift store furnishings, the poster seemed like a hole into some other, brighter universe. It's not lust, he said. He sat down at the foot of the bed and touched her leg. It doesn't mean anything just to look at some pictures. At his touch, Alice slid down to the foot of the bed and put her head in his lap. All the argument seemed to go out of her instantly once his hand landed on her leg. Okay, she said. So what about these other girls in the pictures? You were saying? It's just... He patted her hair, smoothing down the long, coarse strands. Well, in the pictures, the girls in the magazines, there... Carl looked up at the ceiling, as if the words he couldn't find might be carved into the plaster... They're what, Alice said. Their jaws? They look different than mine? Yes, Carl said. They do. There's only, like, just a little bit of hair. And... Really? She spun onto her back and looked up at him. What do you mean, just a little bit of hair? You mean it's not thick as mine? No, Carl said. I mean, like, there's really not any hair there. Hardly any. Alice seemed confused. She squinted up at him as if he clearly had something all wrong and she was trying to figure out the mistake. You mean, they're like, what, she said. Shaved? They're shaved down there? In Carl's mind, it was as if a fog had lifted. It was one of those moments when a misapprehension is suddenly understood as such and the truth is readily, patently obvious. Yes, he said, nodding his head a little. Those models, usually they shave. And you thought I... She paused and seemed momentarily confused. She asked, Why would I shave? Carl closed his eyes and cocked his head and opened his mouth. He was as interested in what he was about to say as Alice apparently was. Well, the single word came out. Then came, It wasn't really so much as if... Alice made a snorting noise, and Carl opened his eyes to see her holding both hands over her mouth, trying to stifle laughter. What? he asked. She shook her head and took a breath and put on a serious face. Carl knew that he could be touchy at times. It was one of his faults that he was working on correcting, 
along with spitting on the sidewalk and being self-conscious about his eyebrows, which almost met at the bridge of his nose, so that sometimes he looked like someone had drawn a straight line over his eyes with a magic marker. What, he said. Go ahead and say it. His skin tingled the way it did when he was angry. Alice sat up and folded her legs under her, as if preparing to meditate. As long as you didn't really think it looked ugly, she said, because, truthfully, she added, I've kind of always thought it was. You really don't? No, Carl said. It wasn't that at all. Alice nodded gravely. But as Carl watched her, he saw first the slightest of tremors around her eyes, and then the twitching at the corners of her mouth that made it clear she was struggling to repress laughter. Oh, for God's sake, he said, sounding like his mother. Alice gave up. She bent over and covered her mouth with her hands and laughed. Ugh, she said through her laughter. I'm sorry, but it cracks me up to think. You didn't know that girls... You thought we all looked. Okay, Carl said, so I did. Oh, my God, she went on. No wonder you... You should have seen the look on your... Can we please drop this? When Carl felt his face reddening, he stood and opened the window shade and found the light on in Tommy's bedroom and in the windows of the several houses up and down the block. The yards were all obscured in shadows, and on the sidewalk the streetlights had come on. Better close that, Alice said. The laughter at last emptied out of her. They can see us now. I should go, he said, pulling the shade down again. They hate it when I'm late for supper. Oh, come on. Alice joined him at the window and wrapped her arms around his shoulders. Have a sense of humor. It's funny. How could you know except if all you ever saw... It's embarrassing, he whispered, his body stiff and rigid in her embrace. She kissed him on the cheek. I'm sorry, she said. I'm sorry for embarrassing you. Carl forced a smile and looked across the room at the closet door, missing an inner slat so that he could see clothes hanging.